What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You know, it actually smells like it would, uh, might smell like tomorrow in Fayetteville. Uh, right around uh, right around uh, game time. Well, it would be really about a few hours before game time. Heck, it might be smelling like that right now all across Fayetteville with, hey, right now we are at 24, 25, 26 and a half uh-huh. hours until kickoff, right? I, I ran out of fingers. Well, well, you don't. Need and then there's that like a half fingers, hour in there, so like, do I do like half a finger? But we're close. Understood. We're close. We're very close. You just heard the uh, the announcer uh, at our top of the hour remind you one day before Arkansas football begins. So yeah, the hour countdown really uh, gets going. It's going to be about 29, 29 minutes, and then it's twenty four hours mm-hmm. until the broadcast starts. Uh, when I'll get going with. Uh, with Gino and with Rick, and by then, I think you'll be able to smell everything that we're smelling. Maybe not just, you know, outside the stadium or around campus, but all around the state. 
Uh, Drew and I are in Harrison right now at Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic at uh, 1420 Highway 6265 North. Uh, They are right now having a ribbon cutting, celebrating something that actually happened in November last year, which was uh, the uh, Crossroads Family Clinic becoming part of uh, Baxter Health instead of, uh, they had been with Washington Regional for a while, but uh, now uh, with a new organization and uh, weren't able to celebrate it last November. So uh, they are ribbon cutting right now, just out of uh, just out of sight of where Drew and I are sitting in a fairly large tent with four poles holding it up. And we've got all sorts of goodies here, hot dogs, chips, Cokes, waters, a Yeti cooler that one lucky person is going to win, and a bunch of other it's a prizes. Nice one too. Yeah, I don't know if they make any. They don't any make bad, bad ones. ones. But that, yeah. that's this is the perfect size. I, I begged the fiance that to give me this for the birthday. She says it's a little bit out of the budget, but it, it is well worth it. If you've ever used a Yeti cooler, it's the last cooler you're ever going to use. I, I've tried and failed to uh, steal my father's about ten to twenty times, and he catches me every time. Well, so trust me, if you want one of these bad boys. It's ready right here for you to for a chance to win. Um, it's the last cooler you're ever going to win. Unfortunately, Drew, I don't know if you're a, you're eligible to win uh, the Yeti cooler today. Well, sure I am. Well, I, go I, ahead and enter. I mean, we're pulling the thing, right? I can just dump everybody else's out, just write my name a hundred times, and bingo, bingo, I'm the winner. Right? That's how it works, right? Well, it depends on how much it's worth to you because they might have me reach in and, uh. and pull out the name. We'll We'll see. We'll see. We can't split the Eddie Cooler either. No, no. Um, I mean, we could do shared custody, but that's going to be weird. I mean, I guess I'll take it week one. You can have week two. But then what do we do on bye week? I mean, it's it's going to get a little little too tricky. That sounds like trying to find a way to split the family dog. I don't know if that can happen <laughs> either. Uh, but I know that we're going to be here up until 2 o'clock, and uh, lots of folks already have showed up to celebrate uh, the ribbon cutting. And, and uh, you know, you can still call it like a grand opening of Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic in Harrison. have been here for years. It's just part of a different organization now. And if you come out, uh, you can't. You can not just get the dogs and the uh, and the drinks and the chance of prizes, uh, but you can uh, stare into the uh, lovely face of Drew Barrett and and shake his hand and tell him how long you've been listening to him, which is about now 16 months. Yeah, you can do the same with me too. And then tour the facility inside here. A really great, uh, fa- a great health clinic uh, that serves. Uh, Harrison and uh, the surrounding communities. So uh, that's a reason to celebrate, and people are certainly doing that right now. Look at that line. They've got a line um, right right outside the main entrance to go inside, and uh, people are pretty fired up about it. Looks like uh, the who, – who do you think is – well, you can tell who the nurses are. I think the mm-hmm. nurses are wearing the blue coats. There are some red coats as well worn by – those have to be administrators. Administrators, yeah. Yeah, and then those that are wearing suits are the ones that kind of run the whole thing. So we'll, we'll be visiting with some of the people from Baxter Health uh, Crossroads Medical Center uh, throughout the show, too. And looks like we're going to be dodging some drops at the same time uh, because, um, you know, mo- across our listening area in the River Valley and North Arkansas, you know, Fayetteville's been getting hit uh, pretty hard today. So should clear up by the time kickoff comes tomorrow. And actually, it'll cool the temperatures down a little bit. Thank goodness for that because I'd seen early in the week we were supposed to have like a 90-degree mm-hmm. kickoff. And 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 it, look, I mean, when you're the home team and you're on the shaded side of the field, once the sun goes behind the stadium, uh, then you get a home field advantage oh, yeah. just by the fact that the other team is is in is in bright sunlight for the entire day. But 
I think it'll be a little bit cooler tomorrow. Should have kickoff temperature in the low to mid 80s. So that, that's very nice. We had great weather for every single game last year. There wasn't a drop of rain last year, no snow, no terrible windy conditions. It was never too cold. It was never too hot. You hit the Goldilocks mm-hmm. weather for a season that at times felt like a, like a Goldilocks season uh, for certain. So it's Arkansas and, and, and Cincinnati tomorrow at 2.30. And when we go throughout the show today, yeah, we're going to be asking you what we think about the game. And specifically, you know, if you want to give us the score, who you think is going to win, you can do that as well. Uh, give us your predictions on what the season's going to look like here for Arkansas in, in year three under Sam Pittman. So I've been kind of sitting on my season prediction for a good long while now. And, and that's probably because I view things, <laughs> I can go from every different angle on, on the way a season is going to progress. But I've started to coalesce around a number of wins. I'm not ready to throw it out there yet. I don't think Drew is ready either, so we'll get into that later. But if you want to hit us up with your predictions on tomorrow's game and on the season, and how about how about some other predictions? Who leads Arkansas in touchdown scored? Who leads Arkansas in rushing yards? Who's going to lead the Razorbacks in receiving yards? Like last year, going into the year, you knew Traylon Burks was going to lead the team in receiving yards. Take your pick right now, and who's going to lead Arkansas in, in I think, all three of those categories. Not a bad guess in any of them. There is no slam dunk answer to that. On the other side of the ball, who's going to lead Arkansas in tackle? It's a dumb question because it's probably going to be bumper pool. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember how many tackles he is away from Catalan the all-time could, record. could get up there, too. That's a good point because Cat missed half the season mm-hmm. last year and wasn't fully healthy when he played for the last couple of weeks before he, he sat for the rest of the season. So that's 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 a good point, too. And you know that Cat will be will be coming up a little bit as Arkansas will have pretty aggressive safeties this year. So who's going to lead them in tackles, in, in sacks, all these important uh, statistics? And, of course, the most important statistic is, is wins. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is, is wins. So, I mean, to throw it out, last year, K.J. Jefferson led the team in rushing. And we had somebody point out yesterday on our text line that that was a little bit misleading because it was the running back position that still led the team in, in, in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, when you put, and I don't know the numbers in front of you, when you put Traylon Smith, when you had A.J. Green, Dominic Johnson, Rocket Sanders, those four certainly had more rushing yards than K.J. Jefferson, but... KJ did have more yardage than any other person on the team when it came to to uh, running the football on the ground. So that's a legitimate question too. I mean, could you actually see a, a situation where because the carries might get split again? I don't think they'll be split necessarily. Uh, you know, like a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. or a or a, you know a third, 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 like you saw at times last year. Because uh, Dominique Johnson, and this this sounds surprising to me. He's he's a Game time decision right now, according to Sam Pittman. Uh, so I mean, that mean he's that means he's uh, he's probably been jostled around a little bit in mm-hmm. practice. I don't know if he's been if he's been tackled or taken to the ground, but I would imagine you have to at least have him bumped quite a bit mm-hmm. before you even think that yeah, this kid's a game time uh, game time decision. But let's uh, let's just say that he's not going to play, uh, and that Rocket Sanders gets the bulk of the carries. I think AJ Green will certainly get some mm-hmm. too, and Rashad Dubinian, but. You know, Coach Pittman says that this is an offense, and in his mind too, not just the offense, but the way that I think he views 
running the football overall is is you have about three or four running backs that you trust. Some maybe sometimes it's two or three, but multiple running backs that you that you feel good about. You might start the same guy, but you're going to give you know a series to AJ here, a series to Dominique there, and, and that's what happened last year. I mean, I remember Traylon Smith starting mm-hmm. a handful of games. Dominique Johnson started a couple of games. So did Rocket Sanders start a couple of games. And they and usually if they start, they're going to get. They're going to get more carries than anybody else, but there's so much talent at that position, and there's going to be holes open by this great offensive line that you may end up still seeing, you know, three, four. I don't think Dubinion will have a huge year just because the other three are probably going to get, a, you know, so many more carries. But uh, I guess I'd be surprised if, if one running back doesn't get ahead of KJ. You know, they're going to let KJ be who he is. Mm. You might tell him, just like Sam Pittman said on the radio show a couple of days ago, that yeah, we might he might say all the right things about going out of bounds and and uh, going to the ground before you get hit. But he is who he's going to be who he is, which is a freight train coming downhill when he gets going, and he's going to try to initiate contact. So with with all of that said, who do you think leads the team in in rushing yards? And I think that it's going to be Rocket Sanders. More than any other reason is because I think he's the best running back on the team. I think he's got the best combination of speed, elusiveness, size, and strength. And I think he's going to have more carries than anybody else. I think he's going to have more rushing yards than anyone. Uh, I'm not sure about the touchdown situation because I think K.J. will will get plenty of opportunities uh, to get the ball in the end zone with his legs too. But I see Rocket Sanders as an RB1. Uh, And I think at times... The, the coaching staff has viewed him as an RB1A and Dominique as an RB1B. Mm. But I don't think Nick's going to be out there tomorrow. And I'm not saying that with any knowledge. I'm just saying that with the idea that I don't think they want to risk him before he's re- really ready to go, which might be against South Carolina. So that's my first prediction. I think that Rocket Sanders leads the team one. in rushing. It's a fair It's a fair, and I think it's probably the most educated guest out there. Just to be a little different, I am going to go with Dominique Johnson. I think it's a great sign that he's already uh, under the questionable mark uh, when most of us thinking, going back to last year in the bowl game, didn't think that he would be this far along. You know, it feels like he's made a lot of progress over the last two weeks of practice from green jersey to getting bumped around to getting some contact for the coaching staff to even list him as questionable. I think that is a good sign. And the way that Dominique Johnson finished the season last year of taking over that running back room. Now, it wasn't by a lot. Rocket Sanders was right on his heels. But Dominique Johnson, I think, emerged last year as the guy. And I think if his health and he has the ability to stay healthy and stay in the games, I think by the end of the season, we're going to see that Dominique Johnson, Rocket Sanders flipped. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if what everything you said was a exactly true because it is the best educated guess especially dominique johnson out the first week but i'm gonna take a flyer i'm gonna say it's dominique johnson all right well we've already got a text in the thing brandon i don't think brandon is saying that he thinks aj green is going to lead the team in rushing for the season but he does say he thinks he's gonna have a breakout year 70 yards rushing 60 receiving. He's given us our first prediction on the game score for tomorrow. Arkansas 38, Cincinnati 14. Any of your predictions are good with us. So bring it on the text line at 877-377-6963. We are live. 
outdoors at Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic at 1420 Highway 6265 North in Harrison for their grand opening ribbon cutting and all sorts of fun. And we're going to get into college football with Aaron Torres next on Halftime. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You can tell the ribbon cutting is uh, complete here at Baxter Health Roads uh, Health Crossroads Family Clinic at 1420 Highway 6265 North and Harrison because now the line is starting to form for the hot dogs and for the Yeti cooler uh, uh, contest. Uh, so uh, come out and see us here. We're talking college football right now with Aaron Torres from the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast and Aaron Torres Media, Fox Sports Radio as well. AT, happy football season. Did you get your uh, get your nose dirty in uh, college football last night like we did? In, you know, obviously with my alma mater playing week zero, I got my nose dirty in week zero, man. So it's a fun time to get your, uh, get your nose dirty. So, no, it's a great time of year. Uh, a lot of fun games last night and obviously ready for what's to come here uh, over the next, what, four nights now? We got four straight nights of football? That's exactly right, man. Yeah. Pitt, West Virginia was really entertaining last night. Usually it no. those, those games for years. Brooks. And, you know, obviously I grew up watching those games. I was like going to say that, yeah. I, I watched Northwestern uh, and Nebraska almost from start to finish, like from about midway through the first quarter till the end of it. Uh, and and uh, I had to drive up to Harrison and, and, and was listening to the first quarter of the Pitt radio broadcast. But once I sat down, man, that was uh, that was entertaining, and uh, I didn't realize the largest crowd to ever witness mm-hmm. a Pittsburgh sporting event. And here, a lot of people just don't think plus. it's a uh, it's a college sports town. But that was a great See, way that, to really get it going. That's funny. I saw that stat, and I assumed it was the largest crowd to ever attend a pit game in Pittsburgh. And so I saw that, and the way that the stat was written made it look like the largest crowd ever. And I said, "No, Big Ben." Iron Curtain, Terry Bradshaw. That can't be right, but I guess you're right, Phil. Uh, but, yeah, great game last night. You know, I mean, honestly, I know you said you grew up around Pittsburgh, which obviously I know, I think most of the listeners know. But, you know, when I was in college back in the, the archaic days as well, uh, Pitt and UConn and West Virginia were all Big East football rivals. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I enjoy that rivalry as well. But really fun game last night. The Purdue-Penn State game was wild. Uh, I found it kind of entertaining at the end when James Franklin was calling it a gutty win. I said, I don't know if it was gutty. Uh, Jeff Brom throwing it 14 straight times or whatever. But you take them where you can get them. And uh, this crazy sport that we love is officially back. Maybe Franklin was referring to his uh, guy who was puking on the sideline after a touchdown. That was uh, – the camera operators sometimes need to know what's about to happen, right? Because there's some people that probably got sick off that very moment. I, I'm, I wasn't one of them, but I think they probably Seen were. Seen it about 100 times on Twitter today, too. Yeah, the puke six, I think, is what they're calling it now. Best matchup oh, okay. of the weekend. That's what I've read. Yeah, the puke six. If it's a pick six, it's a puke six. There you go. I like I think the best matchup of the weekend, though, is Cincinnati, Arkansas. You know, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that with a little bit of a, uh, you know, with with my own reasons, obviously, with the with the Arkansas connection. But when you look at these two teams, like this is an opportunity for both teams to catapult themselves into the national conversation early, very early. 
And I think it's better than Oregon, Georgia. I think it's better than Ohio State, Notre Dame. Is those both of those games very well could end up out of hand? Maybe Arkansas, Cincinnati ends up out of hand, but I don't think it will. Yeah, you know the other one that comes to mind is is pretty similar, right? Is the the Utah Florida game is the other one that I have my eye on even more so again, as you said, than Ohio State Notre Dame, et cetera. Um, and, and I agree with you on Cincinnati Arkansas, and I think you know with Cincinnati, what's going to be so interesting is obviously it's it's a such a well run program. They're not going to beat themselves, you know. I, I just wonder they lost so much talent off last year's team. A team, by the way, that, that played an SEC team in the playoff and, and clearly um, just didn't have the dudes to compete. But what I don't think people realize, this stat kind of blew me away as I was doing my research. You know, Cincinnati had the third most players drafted in last year's NFL draft. Yeah. It, was yeah. jo- it, was, it was Georgia, LSU, Cincinnati. And I know Alabama was a young team and Ohio State was whatever. Cincinnati uh, losing eight, nine, ten guys, whatever it was, drafted – I just think that's a lot for them to replace. I think as long as Arkansas stays true to who they are, be physical at the line of the scrimmage on both sides, I think they should be in pretty good shape because, you know, Cincinnati losing a multi-year starter quarterback, a ton of front-end NFL-caliber talent, which sounds crazy to think about. Uh, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them, but I think it's going to be competitive because they're such a well-run program. But I think especially at home, Arkansas definitely has the edge. Tennessee and Missouri yesterday with with blowout wins over – overmatched opponents i'm not sure exactly what you make out of out of all of those utah florida is is definitely an interesting game and and you know there's all sorts of hype around anthony richardson for the gators but i I don't know sure if people know what to make of the rest of that team utah a road favorite in gainesville like a team coming all the way from the mountains Mm -hmm. is a favorite in the swamp and i mean i understand Mm -hmm. the reasons why but it's just shocking to see that it is shocking to see that. It shows a little bit about how far the Florida program maybe fell under Dan Mullen, and we didn't fully realize it until right at the very bitter end there. Um, you know, one, Phil, I, you know, I totally agree with what you just said is, like, I get that everybody in our business wants to, to be the first one on the next big thing. I don't get the Anthony Richardson hype at all. And I know he's a great athlete, you know, whatever it was, seven, eight yards per carry and all that stuff. Guy's thrown 60-something career passes. You know, he's like a 60% completion guy. Uh, when he played against Georgia last year, and I know it's Georgia, one of the great defenses we've ever seen, but, but you know, really, really, really struggled. And I'll say this, I'm curious about that, but I'll also say this, Phil. I think as weird as it sounds, I think there's more pressure on Utah than any team in college football this weekend, and let me explain why. Um, You know, we're going to get some kind of clarification on how quickly we're expanding the college football playoff today. But as we go forward, if the Pac-12 stays as it is, you know, I I think they're going to be sort of on the outside looking in of that bigger picture playoff conversation um, as as the the talent and, and, you know, great programs continue to consolidate to the SEC and the Big Ten. And so I bring it up because I don't think Oregon's being Georgia and Atlanta, but if you're Utah, if you're the Pac-12 favorite and you lose on the road to probably, frankly, the seventh or eighth best team in the SEC, that's just not a good look for the conference as a whole. Now, it'll just confirm what most people think, the Pac-12 stinks, blah, 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 whatever. I think this is a great chance for them to make a statement, not just for them, but for the entire conference that, hey, when USC and UCLA leave, don't forget, we've had good programs without those guys for a while. That's why I think there's a lot of pressure. Uh, if they win, they're supposed to. If they don't, I really do think it looks bad for those 10 teams that are sticking behind after UCLA and USC leave. Maybe I'm overanalyzing, but I truly do believe that. 
Well, let's stay on the Pac-12. What, what were your thoughts about the reports uh, of Washington uh, having their first meeting with the Big Ten uh, yesterday? Obviously, Kevin Warren wasn't there. The president wasn't there. It's was pretty much lawyers and other Big Ten officials kind of just feeling it out. Um, is, is there real chances of, of Washington being the next domino to leave the Pac-12? I don't think they're the next domino, no. Um, you know, it is interesting, right? Second second school that has met with a Big Ten official of some sort. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't really get it, but I also, you know, it, it's one, um, guys, where I'm a little torn on because I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, if the Big Ten wanted to go beyond 16, they would have just cherry-picked whoever they wanted from that, that, that Pac-12 group um, beyond USC and UCLA. But my other kind of thought on it is if there was no chance at all um i I do wonder if we'd be a little bit further along with the pac-12 either adding teams or closing in on a tv deal so i'm really torn on how to feel about this one i just think you look at the semantics of all of it why would kevin warren go through all the trouble of negotiating that crazy big 10 media schedule or media contract multiple contracts three different contracts as a matter of fact if you're just going to blow it up and add teams a few weeks later so you know in a, you know, we've all been in business and, and, you know, you have exploratory conversation or, or exploratory, you know, meetups or whatever. I, I could be completely wrong on this and I've been wrong on stuff before. This still feels very premature to me. I don't think we get anything big soon. By the way, you know, maybe with, with playoff expansion or something with that announcement coming later today, um, you know, maybe it does move things along. I'm very confused by that entire news cycle, Drew. I really am. Yeah, it is kind of confusing. I think you're right. If they wanted to do it, they would have already gone and do it, done it. Aaron, I know yep. we mostly talked to you about college sports, but I saw on your Twitter your, your announcement that you're giving away a, uh, some cash this year in an NFL pick Yeah, Go ahead and kind of explain it to us how that's going to work. And two, am I eligible to play? Because I, I, I want to win your money just as much as everybody else. All right, you got to talk to your boss, uh, Ty Richardson. I don't know exactly how all that works over there at the station, but no, you know, you guys are obviously welcome. No, we we have a great partner. It's called BracketFanatics.com. I worked with them during March Madness, and they reached out to me during, um, you know, the lead-up to, to the football season of, do you want to do an NFL pick and pull? And I said, well, you know, i got to do something for my people. So it's a great deal, guys. It's a great deal. Uh, every week, one winner, just pick the games, win and lose, no spread, no nothing. One winner, $100 cash prize every single week. Uh, Season-long, $1,000 cash prize. And here's the great part. If, if, Drew, if you're busy, I know, you know, I think you're engaged or you were engaged. Maybe you're getting married. Maybe you forget. Okay, that's good. First of all, I'm glad that's still going strong. Uh, But then also is like, is if, you know, if you forget to sign up, you can sign up in week two, week three, whatever, still be entered to win the weekly prizes. So, yeah, that's on my Twitter feed. Uh, I actually need to go back and pin it right now. Um, but, yeah, no, it's really cool. Obviously, it'll start on Thursday, week one, next week. Uh, but we're starting to promote it now and cannot wait uh, to give all sorts of people all sorts of cash. So sign up. Yes, Drew, you're eligible. I'd be insulted if you didn't sign up. Uh, I want to give away cash. You know, I'm basically like Oprah, just giving stuff away. And uh, I want you to be part of it, Drew, and I want Phil to be part of it, and I want everybody in Hog Nation, ESPN, Arkansas to be part of it. So please sign up, yes. AT, hey, I think it's kind of funny how the uh, we're going to get into this this playoff expansion thing because you knew it was going to happen when they said, you know, last summer, the summer before, no, we're talking about this, this is the proposals and all of that, and then the acrimony between 
certain leagues because of Oklahoma and Texas joining and the Alliance sprouted up and all of that. Now the Alliance was never really a thing anyway. And we see the Big Ten signing a contract with three networks uh, that has a billion with a B in front of it. And, <laughs> and now the conferences are coming back to the table. And it's because of the billion with a B. You can't. You can make all the arguments about about you know access to the playoff. Are there really twelve teams that can win the championship and all of that? It's about money. It's only about money. Yeah. Am I right? Am I wrong? You're a thousand percent right. You know, I, I do believe it's kind of sad. I mean, because obviously, look, if Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren, the two people who the current system clearly benefit the most, said, you know what, we're content with the money that we're getting. Um, then they would be, by, you know, now it's, it's, it's the opposite, right? Is that the Big 12 and Pac-12, all of a sudden they're super incentivized because, one, they're just falling so far behind financially, but two, a 14 playoff, they really just might lose access to that altogether. And so what I would say, Phil, one, it's completely about money. I don't think it's going to make the sport of college football better. The other thing that I found funny um, – it's just so on brand for college football. And, and, you know, I've been off my phone for about an hour. I don't know if we've gotten any movement on what this vote is going to look like. But I just bring it up because what is college sports, every single major decision, it's just we get there, we make the decision, oh, we'll figure out all the logistics later, right? So we already got, you know, TV contracts. We already got bowl sites set up. We already got dates and times and this and that. And these school presidents are just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just blow it all up. You know what? You, Kevin Warren, you, Greg Sankey, we're just going to vote this in. You guys figure it out in the next 24 months. So on brand, just like the transfer portal, just like NIL, they just make these big sweeping changes um, without any real plan in place to implement it. And so, you know, I, I, my understanding is it's still got to be a unanimous vote. Um, it's impossible that we stick to the 2026 timeline. I don't think this leaks if there aren't people that want this pushed through. And so it's fascinating, Phil. But, yes, it's all about money, and it cracks me up that it's going to be another sweeping thing in college sports that we just kind of figure out on the fly. Uh, it's just unbelievable, man. It really is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so it's so funny. It hurts. AT, appreciate it you, man. It is. <laughs> Enjoy the games, and we're looking forward to talking about it next week. Thank you. Thank you both. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Appreciate it, Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Media, Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, and all the like. And it's true. I mean, think about it. College sports changes so quickly, uh, and it is funny. It it's funny to the point of pain because mm-hmm. you just don't know how any of these things end up getting implemented. I'll tell you what, you can't implement though is getting over to Joe's Grilling Cantina today for their Friday special. Chicken fajitas are $10. Steak fajitas are $11, and you get your sides with it. And don't forget, tomorrow during Arkansas versus Cincinnati with the games on every single television, you get half-price apps and taps. That's not just tomorrow. It's during every Razorback game, basketball, baseball, football, you name it. Any hog game on the TV, half-price apps and taps at Joe's Grilling Cantina at 3400 South 74th in Fort Smith across from Harps. That's Tuesday through Saturday. Back with more halftime. College football is almost here, and we're helping you get ready as we do every season with Arkansas Game Day with a special one to start when Arkansas opens up against Cincinnati Saturday, September the 3rd. Now, we'll get things going at 9.30 a.m. Here's the deal. Tommy's going to be back in studio. Drew Barrett's going to be at Randall Ford, and I'm going to be at Sassy's Red House on college. Arkansas Game Day is always presented by Bud Light, and Curveball Whiskey is going to be at Sassy's Red House 
on college. Get ready for the opening game between Arkansas and Cincinnati with Arkansas Game Day. Heard live on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. This uh, great song by uh, by David Byrne and Talking Heads is uh, kind of like walk-up music for one of our callers. You, you heard Eddie in Clarksville bringing up uh, well, I mean, what has Eddie brought up here? And we got another caller on hold, too. This could be a good segment. Um, he's talked about Fleetwood Mac. He's mm-hmm. talked about the Eagles. He's talked about Tupac. Um, and has been really getting into burning down the house by talking heads now. But I've been trying to get him to just bring up Psycho Killer at some point because that's my favorite talking head song. And there it is, Eddie. It's your walk-up music. Have at it. Here's a fastball, right, just for you, as we get a thunderbolt, oh. <laughs> a thunderbolt here in Harrison. Good, good day, gentlemen, to my good friend on halftime, the halftime crew. And, boy, my juices are really flowing today because last night when I got off at 11 o'clock, you know what set me in the mood was a backyard brawl. As I said on the morning rush this morning, I got to give it to Pittsburgh and their fan base. Hey, that was a great showing. And congratulations for Pittsburgh on a big win on the backyard brawl. But as I crossed over Highway 64 over Exit 55 overpass, there's a couple hotels right there off the interstate. What did I see? Lo and behold, I see a couple of buses, my fans of the Bearcats. And I pulled over. And I give my whistle and a whoop pick, Welcome. Oh, all right, Eddie. So if that's the case, if that's the case, if you're the welcome wagon for these folks from Cincinnati who might never have ever seen a real hog call before, I know the looks on people's faces when they see it for the first time. I don't know the looks on people's faces when they see you for the first time. <laughs> what were the looks on these Cincinnati fans' faces? Well, they give me the bad call. I don't know what they were giving me, but I can say this. They're coming. It's going to be at. I've been talking about the song, The Burning House. Well, why not The Burning House? We got SEC Nation coming up on the hill. Uh, any other, and we're going to welcome not only the Bearcats, what I hope the environment to become the Hopfield. And we're going to burn down that house. I'm asking the fan base. I'm asking student body. When you sit in those stands tomorrow, let's get ready. Eddie, it's great to hear from you, man. (laughs) Eddie, it sounds good to hear from you. I got to tell you, I'm I'm becoming a true believer because before you started talking, we had a lightning bolt and a thunderbolt course through the sky. It's like he planned it. It is literally like Eddie planned it. Oh, he did. He did. Eddie, thank you for listening to our show. And to fans who listen here... There's six more home games after this one. Don't burn the house down. <laughs> Just have a lot of fun. Psycho you can burn killer. it down, metaphorically. Qu'est-ce que say? Just as long as it's metaphorically. And now Clay Henry gets to understand what it's like to to uh, be the uh, to be the closing act for Eddie in Clarksville because Clay has called us up, too. And we had you on yesterday for a couple hours, Clay, but I think you forgot about something. What's up? Let's just put this under the header of unfinished business. And I mean, I've done this for okay. I don't know how many years? I started doing radio with Chuck twenty-five years ago, uh, and uh, I I just Thursday or Friday, and this is Friday, so this might be more appropriate. So 
there's always been one little person call in, and it's like, Clay, is the hay in the barn? And that was in the <laughs> early days. I was like, yeah. So I just kind of uh, took that as my, you know, finished the, the last part of preseason, the hay is in the barn. And uh, we didn't do that yesterday. And I, I was listening to, uh, you know, to the guys in the afternoon show, and they had Chuck on, and they were like, well, Clay didn't say it. And, I mean, I don't I know heard Chuck mention me it. I, d- I didn't realize where that came from. Yeah, and I always said it, and I didn't. And uh, that's my fault. It's not your fault. You didn't know. And Drew certainly didn't know. Maddie T didn't know. But uh, I caught some grief. I have caught grief. And, you know, it's like, is the hay in the barn yet? The hay's in the barn, guys. Well, as long as you say it before the game is, is played, everything's all right, correct? Yeah, yeah. And usually it's Friday. Okay, you good. Know, you so, finish the Friday practice. Hay's so, Clay, in the if, barn. The, if, if the hay's in the barn, where's the pitchfork? And, and what are we allowed to do with that? Pitchfork is stored on the wall. You don't, you don't take the pitchfork out of the barn. You could, you know, you leave it, could get rusted. You know, I mean, just, just take care of that dead gum pitchfork. Cause it's important. You can't put the hay in the barn. Yeah, that's farming one one Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, you, know, I, you know where I'm from. Know. We didn't have a pitchfork. We didn't have hay. We didn't have a barn. <laughs> we had dirt. We had a garage. No, we, we had a shovel. But there's somebody and maybe some snow. And that was the, we didn't put snow in the garage. <laughs> With the snow, yeah, you got a snow. Did you uh, have a snow shovel or did you have a snow machine? No, we had a real snow. We had real snow shovels, kids' snow shovels yep. for me and my sister. And then as I got older, a real adult one. Now my mother, this is like one. This is one of my father's faults. Mm-hmm. Mom does all the snow shoveling. She likes what? doing it for some reason. She views it as a workout or whatever. But she's got a snowblower now, you know, because in your in your seventies, it's a little difficult yeah, a little to hard. just you know shovel off a foot yeah. of snow. Well, you know what they say about those snow shovels. They're heart attacks. You know, people go out that cold, cold. I've, I've heard. Yeah. I mean, and the I've next heard, thing you know. That's why guy, all of my older relatives moved to Florida. <laughs> that, that's the that uh, thing. All right. Hey, Clay. Clay, next year, in, in exactly a year, we'll, we'll remember this. We'll remember to bring up okay. Hayes in the Barn on the day that you're on with us and we'll and we won't forget about it but maybe we'll do it on a friday next year i guess it all depends on what happens yeah. tomorrow at razorback hey, stadium appreciate I, you man we'll talk next week okay yeah well I want to, first i want to congratulate you that was a talk with clarksville eddie from clarksville with no mention of alabama congratulations <laughs> that is true wow that's, that's good yeah that's a very good point clay and I'll take those congratulations under advisement. You got it. Appreciate buddy. that very yep. much. Don't hang tough. Yep. Appreciate it, guy. I kind of felt like I deserve a congratulations for actually getting Eddie to do back and forth with us every once in a while now. It's taking a while, but you're getting them there. He's you're getting got, them there. He's gotten there. And and I mean he must did Eddie see the clouds for when his call oh, occurred. Must, yeah. It's like he planned it. How does that happen? For the guy. Who, who who literally sounds like he sets his hair on fire <laughs> when he when he's on when he's on the radio? It was like that lightning bolt came from him. That was uh, perfect timing. Eddie, you got a little Hollywood in you, man, and uh, you're not just like Ric Flair. Apparently, you got a little Steven Spielberg too. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into our first reset with Drew after this break on halftime. 
Attention tequila lovers. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith and check out their full selection of Cava de Oro tequilas, including Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo, Cristalino Añejo, Plata Tajona, and Extra Aged Añejo in the Black Bottle. Available at Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Wrapping up hour number one on halftime here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. We are live at Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic in Harrison. Hot dogs are being eaten, cokes are being drunk, and people are having a lot of fun. Come out and say hi to us and uh, let us know what you think your thoughts are for this upcoming Arkansas football season. Let's go to Drew with our first reset of the day. All right, here's your first reset of the day. Things you need to know to get through the rest of your day in the sporting world. Uh, First up, the biggest news out of the NBA, Donovan Mitchell. He was traded last night from the Jazz to the Cavaliers for three players, including Alabama alum Colin Sexton with three unprotected first-round picks in 25, 27, and 29, and two pick swaps in 26 and 28. Venus and Serena, they lost in round one of the doubles. It'll be the last doubles match that you will see Serena Williams in in her professional career. She continues on the single side in round three of the U.S. Open tonight. Pitt won a wild one in the backyard brawl over West Virginia, 38-31 in front of the largest crowd in Pittsburgh sports history. Not just college, that includes professional as well as 70,622 were in attendance. A lot of points in Stillwater last night as number 12 Oklahoma State, they beat Central Michigan 58-244 and the other close one in college football from the night Thursday night, Penn State, they beat the Boilermakers of Purdue 35-31. to But the story for me, at least, from last night is how is Sean Clifford still playing quarterback for Penn State? That dude has to be 32. I have seen that man play in person in a Cotton Bowl in 2019. I saw him play against Arkansas in an Outback Bowl in 2020. There's a start this year of 2022, and now he's the starting quarterback for another Nittley Lions season. That man is old. That uh, That's pretty amazing. By the way, this is what the six – that uh, gave Pitt the lead sounded like Bill Hillgrove, the uh, Pitt announcer, on the call. Back is Daniels. Throws the pass. Intercepted on a tip. Running with the football. And it's MJ Devonshire still on his feet. He's at the five. He's into the end zone for a Panther touchdown. You have to be here. Let's go. Tip drill, baby. MJ Devonshire. I mean, Johnny on the spot. That's an easy throwing catch. Was that Ford Wheaton intended? He's been great all night. And someone put butter on that ball, Billy, but not for Devonshire. That's Pat Bostick, a former Pitt quarterback. That's uh, the put color. The butter on the ball, that. Billy. Butter on the ball. That was really good. Yeah, and the receiver that uh, that, that missed that pass, I mean, he had a great game oh, up to that point. A right couple of the touchdowns, too. caught a couple of the touchdowns on fades in the left corner of the end zone and really gave Pitt all kinds of problems yesterday. But that's, uh, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff that happens. And uh, that crowd sounded uh, sounded great. I've been to Pitt games at former Heinz Field, now Ackershire Stadium, where the atmosphere was just uh, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It just was dull. Um, and, you know, it, it helps. You know, you play on a Thursday night and, 
you know, SEC teams aren't going to do that very much. You had two of them last night, and of course, mo- playing Monday night's a different thing with mm-hmm. LSU and Florida State on on Monday. But you know, when you when you play on a Thursday night, you get basically everybody watching you at that very moment and jazzes everyone up. So that was. This is that a great was game. really cool to see. And so you think, uh, Sean Cliff? How many years has Clifford been there? Penn State six. six? I, I looked it up. Six. He his redshirt year was in 2017. You see that there are a couple. I think there. I read a story. There's a couple of eighth year seniors eighth. that are playing college that football really is right forever. now. Well, you think about it. I mean, you redshirt one mm-hmm. year. Uh, you get a medical red shirt or two, mm-hmm. and then there's the COVID year that gets tacked and on. Everybody that's, gets an extra one. That's, that's four right years there. right there. That's four extra years tacked on and to. And you haven't even used eligibility yet. You haven't even <laughs> used the four years of eligibility that you're allowed. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember where he's playing or what his name is, but he's a he's a defensive player, and uh, yeah, he's legitimately an eighth year senior. Wow. Which means, what did I read about? I think he was a, he either played against or was a high school teammate of Lamar Jackson. And now he's still playing college football. Lamar Jackson, just so everybody remembers, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman in 2017. Right. That's when he won the Heisman. He got drafted in 2018. And that's when this guy He's about had, to sign his second contract in the NFL. That's when this guy that I'm talking about like, was in his fourth year of eligibility, too. <laughs> and now it's four years later, four, you know, five, maybe four years later, five years later. And, and that's crazy. It is, it is nuts. But, but with a guy like, like Sean Clifford, who has started for four years, it feels like he has been there forever because, I mean, how many times do you have a guy at a major university – start for four years and not move on to the NFL. Right. It normally doesn't happen. That's why it feels like he's been there since the beginning of dawn. Very, very good. All right, we're going to move into the second hour of halftime here on what is now a rainy Friday in Harrison, Arkansas. Good thing we got a tent here for the ribbon cutting of Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic. And we're staying as dry as we possibly can on halftime. Get by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith today and pick up a four-pack of the new Crown Royal Cocktails. Available in whiskey and cola, peach brewed tea, green apple, and now whiskey lemonade. Try some today. Now, back to the podcast. Well, you really can't control the weather as much as you'd like to. (laughs) Live radio. That's an understatement. The magic of live radio, folks. If you could only be here and see what uh, what is going on here at uh, Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic in Harrison, where uh, the good so they got the ribbon cutting in before the got before the heavy the stuff really yeah. started coming down. Which I think you know if uh, Bill Murray were to say it right now, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the heavy stuff just did come down and is beginning to give us a little bit of a. I wouldn't say a flood inside this parking lot, but it's definitely a little bit wet. And with all of the electrical equipment. Don't want to get electrocuted. Yeah, these things are are fairly important to make sure you try to take care of before uh, somebody ends up in jeopardy. But we're all right. We've got it all figured out for the time being. And, you know, as soon as we say that, the weather will change again. And, you know, I always say as soon as you think you realize something, Mm. God will laugh at you. Yes. As soon as you make plans, God will laugh. Being laughed at right now. All right, 877-377-6963. If you'd like to get with us on halftime today, we'll take your calls and texts. We've also been asking for your season predictions, you know, whichever sort of prediction you feel most confident about and heading into a a football season where it's, it's great when it comes to college sports. College sports are are unique in this sense that there literally is 
no preseason mm-hmm. whatsoever. In basketball, you get you get a couple of exhibitions, right? Yeah. You you get exhibitions against lower level teams uh, that you say, well, this is competition. You know, we're putting in our game plan. This is being treated like a real game. Uh, baseball, college baseball, they don't do that. They just go right into the season. But of course, that first weekend, very rarely, mm-hmm. are you playing. A really good team. Every once in a while, Arkansas will match up against a you know an, uh, either either a semi good team or playing one of these uh, weekend tournaments like they will next year, where they'll play teams out of the Big Twelve. Uh, but you don't have any preseason exhibitions. No tune ups. No tune ups whatsoever. It's just going up against your guys, going up against your own roommate, mm-hmm. your own the guys who, who are wearing the same uniform as you, which is exactly what college football is as well. And, I mean, the NFL has an entire month of preseason games. I mean, they just they just lowered the number of preseason mm-hmm. games by one. Yeah, it used to be everybody got four unless you played in the Hall of Fame game, then you got five. Now, Hall of Fame game four, everybody else is down to three, which, I mean, is expected, especially with, you know, adding the extra game now playing a 17 regular season game schedule. But the thing that I hate about it going from three to four is that the, you lose a lot of the drama of, of – shows like Hard Knocks of watching preseason, and those guys lose a lot of different reps. I mean, some of those guys that are on the edge, you know, they they don't they lost that opportunity to really show what they can contribute and why they should be on the 53-man roster. You know, I remember I was watching Hard Knocks earlier this week. They're going from 80 to 53. Yeah. It used to be you went from, from 80 down to 65 and then 53. That's a pretty heavy cut. So, I mean, that's a lot of guys going into the last week that you've just got to say, I'm sorry, you know, if, if we had another week, you might have been able to show us, but, you know, better luck next year. Like it, it, I, I wish the, they would have kept the fourth week of preseason, well, but I understand when you add an extra game in regular right, season. There's that trade-off. Yeah, you, you just can't. There's too many games. We'd rather have the 17th regular season game than the fourth preseason mm-hmm. game. You know, and, but, but in college football, and look, I'm not, I'm not calling for, for exhibition games in college football. I don't, I don't think that's a realistic thing to expect. I thought maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you could find a way to play a spring exhibition game. But there's a lot of other things that go into to this. Who's going to go on the road? You can only play one. You're not going to get a home game, this and that. So I can understand the reasons why you wouldn't do it. But, on, you know, in, the, in this case, like, that's why you don't know what to expect mm-hmm. here. Even in, in, in the NFL. In the NFL, like, your, your guys, your starters, your ones, your goods, as Sam Pittman likes to call them sometimes, they don't play very much in the preseason. No. But they have a track record already. You know what you're years. getting at. You have a sense of what you're going to get. Nobody needs to see Tom Brady throwing passes in week two of the preseason. You know what you're getting out of Tom Brady. Well, apparently Giselle Bunchen isn't all that fired up about him <laughs> throwing touchdown passes anymore either. <laughs> read, read, read an account today about uh, problems in in, uh, in in paradise between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah, but that's a whole other that's a whole other topic to get into. But in, in college football, like we literally have no idea what to expect. Now, there is a track record for some of these guys on this team, specifically at running back, at quarterback, at offensive line, uh, at linebacker with bumper pool, at safety with Jalen Catalan, and maybe a little bit of safety with Miles Slusher, mm. Ladarius Bishop perhaps, Hudson Clark perhaps, but there's a lot of unknowns out there. Uh, and and that's why it's like making these predictions before week one itself is really difficult. Like they would have even been more difficult after week one last year because, and this is no disrespect to Rice, but they're nowhere near the level mm-hmm. of team that you're playing tomorrow in the Cincinnati Bearcats. 
So I had a prediction about Rocket Sanders leading the team in receiving, or leading the team in, in rushing yards, and I think rush attempts as well, and, and, and I'll stick with that. Those things normally go hand-to-hand together. They should. They, they definitely should. So let's go over to, uh, to receiver here. Let's, let's take a look at receiver. Who, who leads the team in receiving? Your top leading returning receiver is Warren Thompson. And Thompson got a lot of opportunities last year. He really did. Like he, pro- I think he was he was targeted on big plays, um, either second mm. or third most on the team last year after Traylon Burks, and uh, and and maybe and maybe Tyson Morris. Uh, but uh, like he he's got the the physical abilities to have a breakout mm. season. But there's also like how many times are you going to be throwing the ball to begin with? When you have this great running game and the idea that that uh, you know, I think even when they load the box, there'll be moments where Arkansas tries to run, just because that's their that's MO. their mo and that's you know what they're what they're best at. Um, but you know, if KJ throws the ball a little bit more often than he did last year, you know, you could end up with a couple of players on that on that side that that have quote unquote breakout seasons. Uh, you know, Jaden Hazelwood was a productive receiver at Oklahoma. Uh, Matt Landers was a productive receiver at Toledo, and, and Thompson had had a couple of games uh, last year, a few games here and there where where he was productive and 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 certainly was a, was a good target to look for. I'm not going to go with Thompson here just because he feels like more of an unknown, but I do think Jaden Hazelwood will end up leading the team in receiving. That's what I think he's been brought here to do. He's going to get the opportunity to to, to do it. Uh, you know, lining up in the slot. I think he's going to be targeted pretty heavily when it comes to being inside the 20. Mm. I think he'll be targeted no matter what. But, you know, he's, he's a guy with some speed. He's got some size. And, uh, and this is his chance to show off to, to the NFL scouts as well. And I, I think he's going to be a real weapon for this team throughout the year. I say Hazelwood leads the team in receiving touchdowns. What do you think? In touchdowns or yards? Because that, that, that could be a little different. If, if we're going touchdowns, I might even go with a guy – like Trey Knox, because I feel like you're going to use your running game to get you uh, across the field for, for a lot of it. You're going to get you into that red zone on the running game. So when you have a shortened field, that means the box is a lot more loaded and you're going to need a guy that can, you know, take a hit, slip on out. I, I, I expect to see, you know, a lot of three and outs for Trey Knox right down the side, right down the goal line. I think he could lead the team in receptions just if you have that type of situation. But if we're going on a wide receiver base, I think I think Hazelwood's um, size and his ability to go up and get the ball is what's going to help you, especially in, in a short field situation. Kind of as a as a guy that even though he's playing in the slot, you might run kind of a wheel route to get him into the corner of the end zone, throw up a 50-50 ball where he can go get it. So that's probably going to be the guy. I think as far as yardages go, if we go just straight, you know, yards. I think it might be Matt Landers because of the way that he can take the top off the defense, the way that he can get behind behind cornerbacks and behind safeties. I think he might lead the team in yards, but if we're going touchdowns, I think Hazelwood's size is a big advantage, especially in the in the red zone. 877-377-6963 for your thoughts on all of that. Uh, we had plenty of uh, texters that were appreciative of Clay's calling in and making sure that the hay was in the barn. JT appreciated that. Ryan and Prayer Grove appreciated it too. And BE as well. So for the three of you, do you believe that if Clay wouldn't have said that, 
today on this show mm. that this season could actually crumble and things would go in the totally opposite direction? Do we believe in curses like this? Well. You know where I you know where I stand on all of this. Now maybe my thought process might begin to change a little bit based upon the idea that Eddie in Clarksville literally made it rain just <laughs> by calling the show. Um, that um, that maybe my 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 viewpoint may may change a little bit. And by the way, Eddie, thank you so much for making sure that my pants are completely soaked this afternoon. I appreciate that. I'm standing on one of what what are these uh, parking uh, parking lot barriers? Yeah, yeah, it's keeping my my uh, my toesies dry right now. So, uh, but yeah, well, if I step on this one, then I'm out. Then I'm out. You're of the outside. Tent. Yeah, I've, I've got the perfect high ground advantage right now. Oh, it's a good thing I brought, um, you know, a couple of changes of clothes. (laughs) A couple of changes of clothes because I'm going to need more than one. Uh, All right, we're going to also do Ask Phil coming up shortly here on Halftime. So get me all your questions for anything involving Arkansas. Heck, ask me whatever you want. I'll decide what it is I want to answer. It's time for football. Everyone's got to load up on their hog gear. I know the guys in the morning rush were at the stadium shop on Razorback today, so... Uh, maybe you were out there and you might have seen everything you need for your tailgating, your game day, your man cave decorations. And, of course, for students at the university, dorm room stuff as well. And it doesn't get any more Razorback than the stadium shop. They're local, family alumni-owned and operated. Robert and Matt are available by calling 479-STADIUM or just stop by the stadium shop on Razorback and tell them I sent you. Also, go online to shop with an E, shoponrazorback.com. Quick break on halftime. We'll be right back. Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200 milligram tin packs, so stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast. And uh, we also have a real treat for Razorback fans right now. And anyway, that's in the uh, in the listening area and certainly around Harrison. Uh, we have Dr. Ron Rivard with us. Now, this is a conversation that can include how to take care of your heart and what it's like to play center for the Arkansas Razorbacks and for Frank Broyles. Because Dr. Rivard is a cardiologist here at Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic, and he played center for the Razorbacks, too. Dr. Rivard, thanks for coming on. Well, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, man. Um, center. Center with Joe Ferguson as your quarterback. So you you know the ins and the outs of this position and what it's like, you know, to be maybe, in a sense, to be Ricky Strongberg the day before the opener. Do you remember what you felt like before the first college football game that you knew you were starting? Um, to be honest, no. But um, you don't know what's going on a lot. So you, you know, it sort of hits you all at once when you get out there. Yeah, yes. And, and I mean, two, year, two years you were the starting center for mm-hmm. Arkansas. Uh, this position, tell me what it was like just to play that position for one. Well, it's great because you're in the middle of everything. And, um, the, and the best part was the people you played with that were, you know, excellent. And we had on our freshman team, we had 45 scholarships instead of 25. Mm-hmm. Four guys ran a 4 4. No kidding. Yeah. What did you run? Oh, more. <laughs> right around five even. That's yeah. not bad. That's, that's yeah. pretty not good bad. for offensive line, though, well, right? It, it's better than uh, um, Tom Brady. 
Yeah. And, and look, look, but look what Brady's done with what God gave him. That's true. Could yeah. you throw a football well? No, not worth the flip. That's yeah. <laughs> the reason to, to snap it back to the quarterback yeah. instead. How yeah. many shotgun snaps do you think you, you put back in your career? Zero. I was going to say. I was going to take a guess at that. Yeah. It's kind of the other way around now, too. Yeah. What's it like when you watch Arkansas football now, and really college football now, which is such a different – it's a different sport than when you played. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and – um, for good reason. You've got a lot bigger people that are faster and stronger. And so those collisions have a lot more energy involved in them. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah. And, you've, you, you know, you've seen on TV where somebody's, they get a break like Theismann or, um, you know, dislocated ankle. It, um, it's a big deal. Absolutely. And the head injuries, too. What was your playing weight at center? 255. 255. Ricky Stromberg on the uh, Arkansas roster is listed at 313. Yeah. And, and he, they said he was underweight when he was under 300 when he came in as a freshman. Did you, do you think, what would it have been like for you to try to get up to that sort of weight? Because it's, it's not necessarily like a normal size for these guys. They just, they, I've heard they eat, 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 eat all day long. Well, and they, they lift heavy too. Yep. <clears throat> but I suspect he's taller than I am. I'm 6'2", and I imagine he's 6'4", 6'6". Let's see, we got Stromberg at 6'4". That's a good point. That's, yeah. a, that's a very good point. Yeah, I see a lot of patients that are heavy, and I just say, well, their problems are too short for their weight. <laughs> well, then, so. all right, so how do you end up, when, when did you decide that you were going to get into the medical field? Uh, not until I couldn't play football anymore. And when was that? Uh, I was, I was uh, actually, I was graduating, and I went back and did pre-med after my first degrees in history. Did you have thoughts of, of uh, continuing football? Did you want to get into the NFL? Oh, I wanted to do that since I was in the, like the fourth grade. But I'd had um, too many knee surgeries by then. I think I'd had four by then. And so, wow. You saw where Auburn Center uh, isn't their center anymore. Nick Brahms, one of the better centers yeah. in the SEC, retired earlier this week. And I think, you know, he was, he was, he was like their guy on the yeah. offensive line. but. Said it was, it was it, you know, his body took too much of a beating, and he wanted to have, uh, you know, a certain quality of life uh, moving forward. You obviously have a great quality of life as a cardiologist, and I'm sure have had a lot of success. But are there times where you you can kind of still feel that that football career in your body? Oh yeah, yeah. But it's hard to know as people get older. They, you know, they acquire miles on their body other ways too. Like <clears throat> the guys I played with, if we hadn't been playing. And doing this, we'd have probably been riding motorcycles and doing other stuff that <laughs> pounds your body. So it's a good point. Yeah, I definitely probably would have added some weight. And one thing that I love to ask former football players is, how do you watch football? Because a lot of guys watch like to watch it from their position. Do you watch it from offensive line and back to where, as the common person watches from, just watches where the football goes? Do you like to kind of sit there and watch a game? Uh, through just what's going on in the trenches? Well, it's a challenge because the camera follows the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the stadium, you can watch it. But people stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. So if you're using binoculars, you mm-hmm. can't really watch that either. And when I, my son played at Mizzou and linebacker, and I would just watch him when he mm-hmm. was playing, and then his roommate, who was an offensive guard, when, when um, they had the ball, but um, it's hard to – and um, you tend to be more analytical about it. But now everything's so complex. Unless you know the play that's called, 
you don't know if somebody messed up or not. So I oftentimes say, well, why don't they block? Well, because the guy ran exactly where he wasn't supposed to, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that and, is uh, kind of kind of the difference. Uh, a lot of different moving parts, and if you don't yeah. know, like you said, if you don't know what's going on, it can definitely be confusing. During your time at Arkansas, what was the biggest game that you're always going to tell? That you've probably you told your kids. You know, I'm, I'm sure you have grandkids. You know, what, what's that one game from the U of A? 1971 Little Rock. Uh, we played Arkansas, beat them 31 to six in the rain at War Memorial. Yeah, you still have fond memories of War Memorial Stadium, don't you? Yes. Oh, yeah. And um, Bud Wilkinson, the legendary OU coach, was a color man that night. And um, it would, the great thing was they scored first, missed the extra point, and then they never scored again the rest of the game. <laughs> wow. Wow. What's your, what, what are your memories of Frank Royals playing for Coach Frank? Um, the memory I, I have that um, I didn't know about when I, when I was playing, but Coach Broyles had a lifetime of helping people. And he helped people that you don't know anything about. And anybody that played for him, not they didn't necessarily start for him. He would help them get a job. He would help them in all kinds of ways. Sam Pittman but, seems to be that kind of coach too. Yeah, oh he? yeah, he loves people, and he's he's an encourager. And over as many years as Coach Borles was here, he had connections with everybody everywhere. I heard Sam Pittman say on a recent Hog Pod about, you know, when you're a leader, you can't think about yourself. Right. The other people think about you, but you've got to think about everyone else. Not me, me, me. It's they, they, they. Yeah. That's what I get from Sam Pittman. That's what it sounds like you're saying about Coach Broyles. Yeah, and I think um, it, part of that's because Coach Pittman was an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Huh. And offensive lineman is the perfect training for life. If something goes wrong, you get the blame. <laughs> if something goes right, somebody else gets the credit. And you're only as good as your weakest link, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, um, in fact, and they don't know your name. You're just the line. Right. You know. And, um, but your job is there to protect people, to push people out of the way, and make other people successful. So. Dr. Ron Rivard is joining us here on Halftime. He is a cardiologist at Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic in Harrison and also a former Razorback starting center for two years. Um, Tell me about this clinic here. I mean, they just we just cut the ribbon. I know it yeah. became part of Baxter Health in November. Uh, what has that done for, for the Crossroads Family Clinic? It's made a tremendous difference. The um, It's just an excellent place to work. People are happy to be here. There's um, the spirit in the building is real positive. You hear laughter all the time. And uh, everybody has a servant's heart. And... and uh, as a, as a cardiologist, I mean, you're dealing you're dealing with one of the most important parts of people's bodies, and uh, and 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 heart disease obviously has been has been an issue in America for a long, long time. Um, you know, you deal with you probably deal with some some pretty difficult things as, as a cardiologist, but you got to be honest with people too. Taking care of your heart is a, is sometimes a little difficult to like get your mind around. When you try to talk to people about what you do to take care of your heart, what's top of your mind? Well, if you took all the risk factors for coronary disease and put them on a teeter-totter, and you put being a male, having a positive family history, having high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, and being out of shape, being overweight, you put it on one end of the teeter-totter, 
and put smoking on the other, smoking will outweigh all those other ones put together. No kidding. Yeah. So quit smoking as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. And vaping's not an option. Vaping is worse by multiple factors in smoking. So I, my best friend, Jim Bronner, played defensive end for the Razorbacks. He's in Branson. He's a smoking cessation specialist. Mm-hmm. And he is adamant about not smoking, but he'll tell people, keep smoking rather than vape. Now, I mean, the, the, the tobacco settlement dollars obviously, I, I think, made a pretty, made an impact. You know, it's been like 20 years or so that the, the message has been out to not smoke. Have you noticed? Are you noticing that the smoking rates have gone down in Arkansas? Or are they still at a, at a dangerous level? Well, see, I only see people that need to see me. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I'm not good on the sample. Nah. Well, um, you must love your job, though. Uh, well, I like people. And, and that's what uh, it is, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, well, you can say, you know, you're, you're a cardiologist. You, you know, you, you, uh, you got to be an expert on, on exactly what you're dealing with. But at the same time, it's like, and I hear people sometimes, you know, wonder about communication with health professionals. And they think, well, you know, they're, they don't have the bedside manner and everything. It sounds like that is top of mind for you is how to communicate to people. That and being available. The most important ability is availability. They can't see you. You know, they don't, uh, you can't help them. And um, my view is if, um, if it bothers them, it bothers me. Hmm. How long have you been a cardiologist? 30 years. I finished my fellowship in 1980, 1990. 1990. And how long in Harrison? 22 years. Is wow. th- was this home originally? No, I grew up in Tulsa. Okay. okay. But you stayed in the state where you went to school. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I came to play football. I never left. What is it about Arkansas that kept you here? Um, it's like many people's lives. It sort of had it had its own theme. And um, I stayed here, got acquainted with people, and loved it. I mean, it really sounds like a fairy tale when it comes right down to it. Well, it turned out well. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> there have been plenty of bumps. Oh, I'm sure. What are your thoughts on Arkansas football 2022? I think they're excellent. Now, I'm not somebody, in fact, I really can't stand people that prognosticate and say, oh, they're going to go 8-3 and three and all that. It's impossible to say, right? And more importantly, I want to win every single game I play. Mm. If I'm not planning on winning, why, play why even show up? Exactly. You know? And there's um, um, there's not anybody you can't beat. Is that, is that the sense you have about this team right now? Well, there's no reason for them to lose, no. But ball games are lost, not won. Mm-hmm. You fail to do something you're supposed to do. All right, so where you do something you're not supposed to do. So where do you watch the game tomorrow, and who with? Uh, I'll be with my daughters, and I wa- I have tickets. But somehow they, somebody always gets them. So. <laughs> Funny how that always happens, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll be with my daughter in, um, in Bentonville. Watch. Well, um, one last question. I know you'd mentioned Joe. I did not realize Joe Gibbs was a position coach at Arkansas before he got into the NFL as a head coach. And he was your position coach. That's right. What was yeah. he like as a head coach? Because this is, I mean... Joe Gibbs is a uh, is a Renaissance man. I mean, yeah. he's 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 not a he's not just like a regular football coach. We're talking somebody that's a world class uh, racing owner, yeah. world class football. He won three Super Bowls as a head coach. I mean, yeah. this this is a rare person. Oh yeah, he's a real. He understands people. He's a real positive guy, and uh, as a player, um, um, he was real easy to work for. 
real easy. You know, there's some people that are really intense and sort of have the demeanor of a drill sergeant and the vocabulary of a of a sergeant like that. And that's not Gibbs at all. Mm-hmm. You know, his his strongest word is "Hey, hey, hey, hey," <laughs> rather than other words that people say. Yeah. And um, but he's brilliant too. I mean, you can't be as successful at many things as he has. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, a significant Christian testimony too. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I, I assume you've, uh, you also have, uh, with the success that you've had, you've had to put a lot of time into it as well. And uh, we appreciate you coming over here with us and being a part of Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic. And, and I know the folks in Harrison certainly thank you, too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not one of them, but I can say, uh, I would say for all of them, thank you, too. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to meet you very Good much, to too. Dr. Ron Rivard. Uh, we, we'd say former Razorback, but you always know. Once you're a Razorback, you're always a Razorback. Once you're a hog, you're a hog, dog. Yeah, right there in the middle of everything. It is the starting center for two years uh, for Frank Broyles, Arkansas Razorbacks. All right, quick break here on halftime. Get your uh, Ask Phil questions in if you got them. Also reminding you that we've got a brand new beverage for your tailgate or watch party. It's a full-spectrum seltzer, and it's brought to you by Washita Farms. No alcohol. No calories, no carbs, no sugar in Lark. That's what it's called, Lark. Go to LarkHemp.com and you can learn more. Catch a buzz with no booze. Lark is infused with just the right balance of hemp-derived THC and CBD. You'll find it at LarkHemp.com or at your local adult beverage store. That'll be 21 years of age or older to consume Lark. Calls and texts on halftime are 877-377-6963. And uh, the rain has ceased here at the Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic in Harrison. So come out and see us at 1420 Highway 6265 North in Harrison right back after this. College football is almost here, and we're helping you get ready as we do every season with Arkansas Game Day, with a special one to start when Arkansas opens up against Cincinnati Saturday, September the 3rd. Now, we'll get things going at 9.30 a.m. Here's the deal. Tommy's going to be back in studio. Drew Barrett's going to be at Randall Ford, and I'm going to be at Sassy's Red House on college. Arkansas Game Day is always presented by Bud Light, and Curveball Whiskey is going to be at Sassy's Red House on on college. Get ready for the opening game between Arkansas and Cincinnati with Arkansas Game Day. Heard live on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. We had a couple of questions in here for Ask Phil brought to you by the Stadium Shop. The first one is, do you ever think the SEC will move to a Thursday night game? No. You don't want that. There's no way the SEC moves to a, a league SEC game on Thursdays because as I've always been told, the, we're the SEC. We play Saturdays. So I don't think that will ever happen. I think there'll be first weeks, first weeks where, where you might have, uh, you know, they had Mizzou and Tennessee play yesterday. LSU plays on Monday, but those are not league games. Yes, teams play on week zero. It's just not. Well, does that count? No, well, technically, I, they have the SEC on the chest. It was so. not in the contiguous 48 states either, so does that count? Yeah, it does. Mm, I'll allow it. It kind of counts some, but I don't think you'll see SEC. That's two years in a row, too, I think, that, that Vandy's played in a, in a week zero mm. game. But Thursday night is not an SEC night. Uh, that's that's the ACC. That's Pac-12. That's Sunbelt. That's... Mm. 
that's those kind of games. So I, I just don't I don't see it at all. Big Ten does some Friday night. You know, uh, I don't think you'll see Friday nights in the SEC either. You you just don't want it. I mean, as a guy who's covered who's covered a team, you know, for a long time who played Thursday and Friday night games. It, it's good for national exposure. Yes, you're probably the only game on TV. People are going to watch you. It's good from that. But as a fan of that program or somebody that covers that program, it, it's hard. It's hard to get off of work. It's hard to get down. The attendance is lousy. And what if you're just planning on watching it from home, then you know that's fine. But for the actual stadium experience and getting butts in seats, you, you don't want that. You, you really don't. It's more of a hassle than anything. We've got a text that uh, tells us that Arkansas played uh, South Carolina in Little Rock on a Thursday in 2003. So I just I, that game was on November the 6th. So I'll just have to go back and, and look at the calendar just to double check about that. But I mean, if something that happened 20, 20 years ago was the last time that they would have played a league game on a Thursday, television contract was you know came a few years after that and. Uh, the SEC wasn't as dominant in college football then as they are now. I mean, it was – you had Oklahoma. You, I mean, there were plenty of other – Ohio plenty State. Miami. Miami was still hanging on there. That was, that was towards, the, towards the end of the Miami heydays and uh, phase two uh, of the U. Um, USC um, was dominant during that time. Uh, even though I think 03 is the year that LSU won the national championship. With, was that with, the two with Saban. I, I believe that was Saban's uh, uh, championship uh, at LSU was 03. But you're right. There was more parallel um, in college football then to where you could still say the SEC had a claim to being the best conference in college football, but it wasn't as um, as far apart as, as it is today. Right, let me see if I can re- hit on the other question that uh, got asked here. Jody and Harrison asking about the SEC East. It's always been the weaker side of the conference. Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia gaining. Do you see the West still being better? Yes, absolutely. I think the West is better. Um, I think I don't think Georgia is as good as they were last year. Florida has uh, has sunk a little bit. Um, I think Tennessee is going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be great. I mm-hmm. think Kentucky will be about the same. And those are probably the two teams that are battling uh, for second place in that division. I-, I see the West being stronger, and I think probably strong. I wouldn't say by far. There have been other years where it was it was completely obvious that the West and the East were, were imbalanced. Uh, but I think, I think Alabama, I think Arkansas, I think possibly Mississippi State, potentially A&M, though I'm still not buying in on that. Those are all teams that I think would finish uh, behind Georgia, but probably in second place in the in the East. You know, the other thing, too, is we've had these these conversations about East and West for a long time. That's going to go away in, yeah, in a couple of years. Pod, whether it's a pod system or, or, you know, three and five or three and six with uh, probably – Looking at the ninth uh, SEC champ- uh, SEC regular season game going, so how's everybody going to brag on their schedule then? Because you always say, "Oh, in this division, uh-huh. in this division, we're going to start bragging about this pod this or that pod. pod." This is the toughest pod. Everybody knows. Doesn't it. quite sound the same. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same flair, same feeling to it. No, and we're all about the flair and the feeling. Uh, other texts coming in at eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. 
Uh, Matt says the NFL killed Thursday night college football. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, I remember Thursday night when I was a Pitt fan and watched, you know, Thursday night games were a big mm. deal. I remember playing them uh, Syracuse and Miami Thursday night. It did feel like a big deal. But did you like it, though? I mean, going, I mean, watching I was it, a yes, kid. Like, the game was on. That's all that mattered. I was about to say. And I was but, allowed to stay up late on a school night, too. Okay, that that is a positive. But did you ever go to a Thursday night game? No, because it's a school night. And that's uh, that's that's my point when you talk about playing these games. During the week, it ruins the in-stadium experience. It, it ruins ticket sales, and you don't want that. It's much better to play every single game on Saturday where you know it belongs, I, where you can get more more people there. You know what I did do, though? It's like I went to a couple of Monday night games at Three yeah. Rivers, okay. school night and everything. That's true. I That's went true. to the Monday night games. It's like you will make an exception because you're not going to play every night. You know, you're not going to do this every, every week, week, right? Yeah. There's one exception where you're allowed to go to sleep at 1130. And, I mean, let's be honest, kids are going to sleep when they want to anyway because mm-hmm. you close the door and who knows what's going on in there. So, but, yeah, I, I just, I think the SEC, you know, is a is a Saturday league, <laughs> have been for a very long time. Um, and I just don't think, I don't see anything that's going to change that in, in the near future. I think there are other leagues that the SEC is perfectly happy to seed when do, when Sunday my, through Friday, too. When does my maxion start? When do I get the Tuesday night games? When do I get usually uh, Ohio getting, versus uh, Northern Illinois? It usually starts getting going around, what, the last week of October? I think so. I'm, I, Phil, I'm, I'm Jones, and I need, I need Bowling Green versus Akron. I need my maxion. Well, that's, you know, when, you, when the bowl game you play in is going to be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you might as well get used to playing on those days of the week anyway. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Halftime. Our calls and texts coming in at 877-377-6963. And Drew's got a reset after this quick break. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on-time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, we have a winner for the Yeti cooler here at the Baxter Health Crossroads Family Clinic at 1420 Highway 6265 North and Harrison. I'm sorry, what? Is it me? Did I win? You are not Keith Hudson, so oh. no. Sorry about that. I told you friends and family are not eligible. That's true. And I don't know Keith Hudson at all, but I'm sure if we did meet, he'd, he'd be a friend, but maybe not family. But he can have this because he entered he and he won. won. And I have a phone number and an email address that I'm ready to give out over the... No, I can't do that. <laughs> that, would be, that, would be, uh, that would be bad form. So congratulations, Keith. Uh, we do expect an invitation to your first tailgate party where you can uh, fill this Yeti cooler with uh, whatever your heart desires. I was going to throw a couple of things in there, but it's not my cooler. It's yours, so have at it. Yeah, congratulations, Keith. Speaking of have at it, here's Drew with another reset. All right, here's your hour number two reset of the world of sports, everything you need to know to get you ready from what happened and get you ready for what's going to happen this weekend. In some serious news, all football matches, and that's football as in the Latin uh, American and European version, uh, have been suspended for today in Argentina after an assassination on the country's vice president, uh, which took place last night in Buenos Aires. The vice president arrived at her home when a man emerged from the crowd, pointed a gun at her head from close, close range. 
Luckily for her, the firearm did not fire correctly. She is okay, and a 35-year-old man has been arrested. So scary stuff from there that has caused all soccer matches to be canceled for today in Argentina. And some lighter news, Sir Big Spur is back as the official How live about match. That? South Carolina, after only six days of the general being the official name, the school announced the rooster status last night, just th- actually three days after choosing the general as a new name. Uh, to dis- it has resolved the dispute between the old and new owners. They've come together with the two families, and the administration talked and found a solution for the best interest of the university. So I can tell you why that happened is that they probably got a cease and desist letter from the insurance company, uh-huh. the general. That's probably what have seen all those commercials. So, I mean, look, I mean, just go with the fun name, the cool name, and if they're not going to do Cock Commander, which they weren't <laughs> going to do no matter what, well, then they can do Sir Big Spur, which sounds good. Uh, we've had Derek Scott, who's the radio voice of South Carolina, uh, men's basketball and baseball on the show before. He and I have been texting about this. He was completely sick and tired of, of the whole renaming uh-huh. thing with the live. Uh, I want to call rooster. it a chicken mascot, it's a but it's not just a chicken, of course. Yeah, and I feel like the rest of the folks at Carolina were sick about this, too. So they probably just had to at least, like, like it's not their chicken. Mm-hmm. It's 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 other it's the owner's chicken. It's the same like with, with Tusk. It's not owned by the university or the athletic department. There is a family mm-hmm. that takes care of Tusk. But you gotta keep that relationship positive. And, you know, I mean the name Tusk is iconic now in this state. There is no reason to change Sir Big Spur over a stupid argument about whether or not the rooster would have its comb up or down <laughs> or something like that, which I think is what the argument was about. So our long uh, well, not ours. Their long statewide nightmare is finally over in the Palmetto State. That it is. And in some other bird-related news around the world of sports, uh, this being reported out of Baltimore, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh has announced that the team mascot Poe suffered a season-ending drumstick injury during the halftime of the mascot classic in their Fourth final thing. preseason game. Uh, not sure if he will still grace the pre- uh, sidelines with his presence on crutches or in a wheelchair, but Poe will be uh, on the injured reserve for the remainder of the season. And in some good news, I think that a lot of college football fans, a lot of sports fans are going to enjoy coming from Untold on Netflix, which did the Malice at the Palace and the Manti Teo story. They are currently in production on a Johnny Manziel documentary. It's being reported it will be a three-part doc. Don't have a release date yet, but that's going to that's going to be some fun. And I, I hope they include his time in in the uh, great AAF, which I was a. Uh, so lucky to be a part of that still owes me money. What about didn't he play in some fan controlled football league did, recently, yeah. where the fans make seven on the seven, calls yeah. on the plays from the sidelines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be involved in this too. Uh, there's any doubt about that? You it, get, I mean, if, produ- if you, it's a part of his career, right? It was part of his playing career. You might as well. If the produ- I'm not going to tell the story over there, but I will tell the producers if they're listening. I do have a story or two that involves Johnny Manziel, a college bar in Tunica, Mississippi. This sounds explosive, potentially more than explosive. It is a great story, Phil. I, I may tell you off the air. I will never tell that story on the air, though, for the people's interests that are involved. Oh, I'm a little bit frightened about that. We got a text <laughs> in here from Zach and Paragold. He's impressed with Tennessee from last night. Uh, sure, sure. 59 points over an overmatched Ball State team. Hendon Hooker, a couple of touchdowns, 221 yards. 
Threw for over 350 yards. I don't know what you make about that for Tennessee against Ball State. Well, the 98ers, they loved it. I told you. I had plenty <laughs> of people on, on, on the old Twitter, you Twitter machine. It. The 98ers, they were all over it. It's the, It feels like 98, folks. Well, they're next up for Pitt. You watched Pitt and Tennessee mm-hmm. both last night. They were playing at the exact same time. And uh, they are matching up in eight days. So they get a Saturday. It'll be on ABC. And I don't know if Tennessee will be ranked, but Pitt certainly will. And they played a pretty good game last year uh, that helped catapult Pitt oh, yeah. into the national conversation. It's, uh, I mean, you could call it the Johnny Majors Bowl, I guess. And I, well, think, we, should, I right? think we did that last year. So good to see those two teams going up against it again. And we are up against it as well here for the second hour of halftime. 877-377-6963 for calls and texts here on this favorite radio program of yours. And we want to remind you about BetUS.com. They have the industry's biggest sign-up bonus, up to 200%, uh, where they celebrate their 28th year of NFL action, which, of course, starts next week. Sign up at BetUS.com or call 879-BETUS and stay with us as we get into the third and final hour of the week. You know what that means. The golden hour of halftime after this. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.